You are listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nickaruk, episode 9. Hello, Teacher Brain. Today we are going to talk about the power of our questions. And while I was researching, planning, and writing this episode, I kept thinking about the episode of Friends, because if you know anything about me, you know that I love learning and I am a Friends fanatic. I mean, if you consider someone who includes Friends references in their wedding vows a fanatic, then yes, that's me. Anyway, I kept thinking of the episode when Chandler and Monica come back from their honeymoon and they're wondering why they're getting like brushed off by the couple they met there, Craig and Jenny. Um, And they're confused because Monica says that Chandler told some hilarious jokes. I mean, you were a hoot. And Chandler says that Monica asked all those great, insightful questions. But by the end of the episode, they've sort of turned on each other. Chandler blames Monica for all her questions and says that the volume at which she asked them was like flying with the Riddler. And Monica says, I'm sorry, was that another joke? And Chandler responds, was that another question? Anyway, if you're a Friends fan, you're feeling me right now. And if you're not, I may have just lost you there for a sec. So please come back to me now. But so by now... So we're going to talk about questions is my point. And by now we're, we're all very well aware that our thoughts create our feelings, which drive our actions, which get our results. Well, most of our thoughts happen in the form of questions and answers. And if you just thought about that, you probably asked yourself, hmm, is that true? In order to spark the thought about it. Crazy, eh? Like totally meta. Anyway, thoughts are just the process of asking and answering questions. And on average, we have about 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day. That's a lot of Q&A happening in our brains. And for the most part, we're not even aware of it. And what's more, 90 to 95% of those thoughts are the same thoughts we had yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. Man, that same episode of Friends is coming back to me here again, and I'll resist the urge to elaborate, but for you fans, you'll know what I'm talking about. Anyway, it's our questions and answers, sorry, it's the Q&A thought process that determines our focus and activities and activates our reticular activating system. So if you remember from episode six about affirmations, the reticular activating system is like our brain's bodyguard. We named him or her Raz. So it filters... Uh, through the over 2 billion sources of input that we're faced with on a- in any given moment. And it only lets in stuff that lines up with what we already believe or what we're already focusing on. So the classic example to illustrate this is if you think about a certain color or model of car. So recently I've been fixated on Teslas, for example, and all of a sudden I see them everywhere. Where were those Teslas before? Oh, they were there. I just didn't notice them. But once I triggered my RAS by thinking about Teslas, bam, I noticed like 10 of them a day. So now let's take a second to review what happens when we have a thought or a question over and over and over again. So do you remember? Bingo. Yes, it gets led in by your RAS and it becomes automated into your subconscious. And why? to save your brain energy. Our subconscious is programmed by what we think about over and over and over again. And then our subconscious brain automates it to save energy and effort. And we remember like that scary statistic that like 80 80 to 90% of our day is then run by our subconscious. 
we do things automatically all day long without even thinking like brushing your teeth getting dressed making breakfast driving to work so you can see why these things are automated like imagine if you had to concentrate on doing each step of each of these things every time that would take a lot of brain power so the truth is though that people ask themselves questions all the time and we're not even aware of it so there are certain questions and even sometimes a single question that we each ask ourselves hundreds of times a day. Jim Quick calls this our dominant question. So what kind of answers do you think someone would get if they were asking a question like, why is everything so hard? Why doesn't anything ever work out for me? Why is everything so expensive? How do I get people to like me? What's wrong with me over and over again? So if those are the types of questions that are ruminating in your brain, um, it's going to look for answers. So when we ask a question, our brain ruminates on the question over and over in the background of our mind. So guess what's gonna happen? Ask and ye shall receive. The RAS goes, okay, let's find evidence for that and starts noticing examples to answer those questions. It finds, it, it'll find them and it'll say, see, there's an example, there's an example, there's an example, Tesla, 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 Tesla. So your life then becomes a reflection of the questions you ask yourself all the time. And if you're asking yourself the same question every day, it's no wonder why nothing's changing. Maybe your question is, why doesn't anything ever get better? <laughs> why is it always the same? Why doesn't anything change? Well, guess what's gonna happen? So Jim Quick says, if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. And we know that what we focus on grows, where we put our attention, we put our energy, our energy flows where our focus goes. If you're focusing on your limitations, asking yourself, why is everything always so hard? Your energy is going there. Your RAS is looking for evidence of how things are hard. And that thought process perpetuates. So that's what, what it means to fight for your limitations. There's a popular saying by Peace Pilgrim that says, if we knew how truly powerful our thoughts were, we would never think a negative thought again. Change your thoughts, change your life. If you ask the same question you've asked before, you'll get the same answers you've always gotten. Ask new questions, you'll get new answers. Einstein said the level of thinking that created your problems is not the same level of thinking you need in order to solve your problems, right? If you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. You need to be someone you've never been before and you therefore have to think something you've never thought before, which means you have to ask yourself something you haven't asked before. See how this works? All those cliches come from somewhere. Oliver Wendell Holmes says, a person's mind stretched by a new idea never regains its original shape. How wonderful is that? A person's mind stretched by a new idea never regains its original shape love that so what's your dominant question in episode two about choosing your thoughts i put it to you to notice the thoughts and or feelings that you were having during the day and likewise here the first step is to notice your thoughts or your questions so to do that one of the most effective ways is to just sit in silence i know that sounds dreamy for some of you but even for just a couple of minutes and just listen to your brain so for example, if you catch yourself sitting down to scroll Instagram, put the phone down just for a couple of minutes and notice what are your thoughts? 
What's coming up when you're by yourself without distraction? Write it down. If you really want to go meta, prime your mind as you sit in silence by asking, what's my dominant question? Then sit in silence and see what comes up. So what is your dominant question? Is it serving you? And if not, what would be a better question? So I want you to take a second, if you will, and think about Will Smith. When you think of Will Smith, what do you see? What do you feel? What do you think? If you're like me, maybe you get a picture of someone like goofy and playful and joyful and generous and fun, childlike in a good way, and down to earth and self-aware, wise even, smiley, full of life. Well, when working with Will Smith on one of his movie sets, Jim Quick uncovered his dominant question. And he tells a story about a time when they were working um, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., so overnight in Toronto in the winter. (laughs) And a lot of it was sort of standing around waiting for equipment and crew and weather and his turn. So one night when it was cold and drizzly and unpleasant although we know the weather is just the circumstance and being it being unpleasant is just our thought about it but you get the idea anyway will smith showed up with hot chocolate and marshmallows for everyone and started like this spontaneous dance party with the crew and jim quick was kind of in awe of will smith's ability to always elevate the mood of the people around him and his just sort of overall positivity and zest for life Anyway, they uncovered together that Will Smith's dominant question that ran through his brain over and over was, how can I make this moment even more magical? How can I make this moment even more magical? Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like this is a much more productive and useful question for my brain to ruminate on on over, like, other than why is everything always so hard? I mean... If you think about the evidence that Will Smith's brain finds, you know, Tesla, 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 when it's considering how he can make this moment even more magical than if he were to be thinking, why is everything so hard? So firstly, the fact that the word even is in there implies that he already sees every moment as magical and is looking to take it beyond its already magical state. Like what a fantastic filter to set your RAS to. So The questions we ask our brains are so powerful. The quality of our questions determines the quality of our life. Questions are the answer. So get curious, lay off the judgment, just notice the questions you're asking yourself and then ask yourself, is this question serving me? And if not, ask what would be a better question? And if you're struggling or coming up empty, especially at quote, a time like this, Here are some great examples. Um, So perhaps you find now that your questions at this time are things like, what if my family gets sick? What if one of us loses our job? When is this going to end? So again, Jim Quick says that difficult times can define us, diminish us, or develop us. And here's the thing, we get to decide which. We get to choose our thoughts and questions. So here are some examples of questions that you might want to consider if you're if you're stuck and don't know where to start. So one that I've been asking is, what opportunities does this time afford me? Instead of asking, when is this going to end? 
What opportunities does this time afford me? What if this is happening for me, not to me? That's a good one. What if this is happening for me, not to me? Now, all of these, of course, can be used at any time. It just it seems more poignant now because of our circumstances. But another one is, what are three things I'm grateful for? So here's an awesome perspective on this one. So what if you only got to, what if the only things you got to keep tomorrow were the things you expressed gratitude for today? What if the only things you got to keep tomorrow were the things you expressed gratitude for today? Now ask yourself what you're grateful for. I bet your list got a heck of a lot longer. Um, another one is, how can I make this moment more magical? So we're going to borrow that from Will Smith. How can we make waiting in line more fun? Or if you have children, for example, I was at um, a safari park with one of my friends and we had to wait in line to get on the little boat tour. And our girls were like two or I think they were two and a half or three at the time. <clears throat> and we had to wait in line. And they were getting impatient and it was hot. And uh, so we, she asked her daughter, How, what can we do to make waiting in line more fun? And I thought, that's brilliant. That's a brilliant question. Like what a little just mind shift. And, you know, we're, we're modeling for the girls like, oh, I know waiting in line's hard or you don't want to feed them that. So we ask, how can we make waiting in line more fun? Great question. Or how can we make our morning routine more fun? <laughs> this is what I've been asking since I learned that one from my friend about the lineups. So maybe your thought is that it is H-E double hockey sticks getting ready and out the door in the morning. So like even just getting the kid or kids out of bed, there's a fight to brush your teeth. There's a fight to get dressed. There's a fight on what they're going to wear. Everything's a fight and a rush and a yelling and an impatience. And so that could that's one mindset you could have going into the morning. But what if you asked your brain, how can we make our morning routine more fun? What a great perspective shift. So maybe you put on some music. Maybe you have a race. Maybe you take on silly voices. I don't know. But your brain's going to ruminate over that stuff and come up with some great ideas versus why is this always a fight? See the difference? Like it's, it's so cool. Um, another one could be where can I notice beauty in my day? How can I make the most of this time? What are three acts of kindness I can do today? What do I get to do today instead of what do I have to do today? Because here's a mind food game for you. <laughs> you don't actually have to do anything. Not one single thing. You don't have to do anything. And I know your brain is coming up with all of these. Yeah, but Sarah, yeah, right. I have to. No, it feels like you have to do things because there is a consequence that is more unfavorable, but you don't have to do anything. I'm talking about you don't have to do the dishes. You don't have to brush your teeth. You don't have to go to the grocery store. You don't have to pay your taxes. You don't even have to take care of your kids or even breathe. You don't have to do any of those things. You want to, and some of them you want to because you like them, but some of them you maybe you want to because the alternative is shame or jail or death. But have to, 
no. So just changing that one word can impact the answers you get, the evidence your brain finds, and your outlook or emotions, and therefore your actions and results. So what do I get to do today versus what do I have to do today? How can this struggle become a strength? Where is the gift in this? How can I figure this out? What's the next right thing? <laughs> I'm thinking of Anna from Frozen, but that was a fantastic question in that movie. What's the next right thing? Instead of like, this is so overwhelming, you're thinking of all of the things that need to get done or all of the choices you have to make. Just ask yourself, what's the next right thing? That's it, one little step at a time. What's the next right thing? What would someone who is confident or calm or self-aware or successful or healthy do have feel or be about this so put yourself in the place of someone you think is handling something well and then ask essentially what would they do in that case so what would someone who is healthy do about this right now what would someone who is healthy eat for lunch a few years ago I was so fortunate to be included in on a phone conversation with Chris Hadfield from the International Space Station. My principal is friends with him and he called our school and we had a few students in the room and they got to ask him some questions and he so generously and kindly, my principal, invited me to be a part of this. And um, one of the kids just asked him how did you decide what made you want to be an astronaut I think was a question and Chris Hadfield talked about what the moment where he realized he wanted to be an astronaut he was nine years old he watched the landing on the moon and he decided he was going to be an astronaut and at that time Canada did not even have a space program but he spent from that moment on he put himself in the mindset of an astronaut and he asked himself, how can I turn myself into an astronaut? What can I do to turn myself into an astronaut? So he would ask him, this was his dominant question. What would an astronaut do in every situation? He would ask, would an astronaut run or walk? Would an astronaut drag his backpack or carry it? Would an astronaut eat an apple for a snack or a cookie, etc.? Like as he grew up, he just kept asking himself, what would an astronaut do in fill in the blank situation he was in? So you can do the same thing. I wanna turn myself into someone who is calm. What would a calm person do at this time? and ask your brain your brain will come up with things you don't need to think about answers I mean that's a good practice and that's helpful and problem solving but your brain will ruminate on it and when you sleep for example things will come up when you're doing other things when you, you when you pose the question and sort of let go then things come up you'll find another great question is what if I have puzzles rather than problems because there's an inherent solution with a puzzle and so it sets your brain to solving it rather than, you know, this is a problem that we kind of just accept as a problem and I have it and I have to live with it. But what if it's a puzzle rather than a problem? If I, and if, you're, if you think like, well, I don't even know where to start. If I knew where to start, what would I do? If I knew what to do, what would I do? So that's a, a really good hack. Instead of like, how do I do this? Or where do I start? Ask yourself, if I knew where to start, what would I do?
Um, what is one thing I can do today to get me closer to my goal versus how long is this going to take, for example? What is one thing I can do? And you might think, Sarah, one thing, really? Like my goal is so far out there. But think about this. Um, if you did one thing every day, even one thing every day, you would be seven steps closer to your goal in a week. So what about a month? What about a hundred days? What about a year? How many steps closer would you be than doing nothing if you just did one thing every day toward that goal? So ask yourself, what is one thing I can do today to get me closer to my goal? Instead of how long is this gonna take? When is this going to happen, etc. Um, what am I not seeing here is a good one. What am I not seeing here? What am I missing? What's missing from here? And that's not like, oh, what am I, what am I, like, why can't I see it? It's what am I missing? What am I not seeing? What is this pain trying to teach me? It's kind of this along the same lines as what if this is working for me and not to me or happening for me and not to me? What is this pain trying to teach me? How can I use this? Why must I use this? And this is the human motivation. And this is what is driving me with teaching little brains. When I started learning all of this, I thought I have to share this. So many people need to know this. This is like, this is, I must use this. So I started asking myself and these three last questions come from Jim Quick um, and kind of, who kind of got me started on this whole path. So how can I use this? Why must I use this? And then when will I use this? This is a big one because it is the biggest determiner of success when it comes to goal setting. It's the plan. People who put things in writing in, in their calendar with a time, place, and location are like 85% more likely to achieve what they set out to do than those who don't. It's intention and planning. So imagine if you combined this, when will I use this? And what's one thing I can do today? Put those two things together and you're off to the races. In no time, all your dreams are coming true. So these are great questions that you can start asking yourself. So, but we also know that our brain is going to play tricks on us because it's doing its job. It's trying to keep you safe. It's going to try to pull you back in, pull you back into your old way of thinking. It's going to bring up objections. It's going to try to pull you back into your comfort zone. That's your RAS, your RAS functioning because you've been directing it to the left for so long and now you're saying, go to the right. It's like, are you sure? Because we've been going to the left an awfully long time and it's so comfy and safe there. And we don't really know what's over there on the right. It could be danger. It's probably danger. Let's just stay left. So it's going to require some effort at first. So like here, I gave you some examples of questions and then here, here's what you can do. You can set triggers and routines. So for example, you could set a timer throughout the day. And every time the timer goes off, you, you ask yourself your chosen question. Um, walking through a doorway. I did this to fix my posture, to help fix my posture because I'm always slumped over. Walking through a doorway, I turned my, my thumbs out. But that's a great um, trigger for whatever you want to do. Every time you walk through a doorway, ask your question. Every time you take a drink, ask your question. Every time you talk to someone, you know, ask yourself your question. Every time you sit, sit down or every time you stand up or whenever you look at your phone, 
That's a good one because we do that a lot. Um, these are also like triggers or tips that I shared in practicing gratitude. So why not do both of them at once? <laughs> um, whenever you, one of your kids says mommy or daddy or granny or whatever you're referred to in your household, or every time you wash your hands, like we have to do that all the time now, ask yourself your question. You got to do it for 20 seconds. Ask yourself your question for 20 seconds. Just repeat that question. The one you choose, okay? The one that you want over and over. How is this situation working for me? Or what are three things I'm grateful for today? We talked about this before, but gratitude really does wonders for your brain and getting what you want because it sort of tricks your brain into thinking you already have it. So it brings it to you. Your brain does not know the difference between what is real in the 3D world and what you are vividly imagining. So if you tell it, I have a Tesla, I'm so grateful for my Tesla. I mean, it's not gonna appear out of thin air, of course, but your brain thinks you have one. It does not know the difference. Plus, you get all the health benefits of gratitude, which I outlined uh, in more detail in episode four. Anyway, choosing the question or your thoughts you want your brain to ruminate over and automate, sorry, choosing the question you want your brain to ruminate over and automate will require some planning and effort. So if you're, past or present thoughts and questions are negative um, you're gonna have to like planning and, and making sure so every time you wash your hands repeating 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 and so asking your brain consciously is a great place to start so plan a time to sit in silence and listen to your thoughts find your dominant question it may take a few sessions do it then choose a question that serves you better find a trigger like the ones I mentioned above and intentionally put that question to your brain repeatedly throughout the day. So you'll notice how things shift in your life and stick with it. We also know it takes 60 to 67 days to build a new neural pathway in your brain, especially when you're trying to prune on old one and one that's been, that is like holding on tightly. And that's why we are using this trigger event to help us. So I'd love to hear some of your new up-leveled questions that you're going to ask yourself. Uh, and I'll put, I'll put them in the show notes, the list. I think there were 20 there. And, and or the ones that you're replacing. So if you feel comfortable enough sharing those, that would be great too. Because you are not alone. <laughs> we have a negativity bias. So I'm sure so, so, so many of us are um, having, like we have negative questions that we're asking we don't even realize. So if you're inspired to share and up the accountability, if you will, then take a screenshot of this episode, tag me in it on Facebook or Instagram, Teaching Little Brains, and let's celebrate each other and our amazing brains. Thank you so much for joining me again today. It is always a pleasure to have you. I appreciate you so much for taking your time to, to listen to this podcast. And if you have not yet subscribed, please do so. That way new episodes will pop in for you automatically and you won't have to expend any brain power searching for them. Wink, wink. And if you feel so inclined as to leave me a review, I would greatly appreciate that as well. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Bye for now.